on this episode of TR Talk. If you want to say a typical day, 93, 94, dude, I wake up, here's how crazy it was. I'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning and take four lewds so I can go up and down before my wife woke up. You get it? I take my first hit, my first high, my fucking great morning high before anyone woke up. Then I t- and after I was, you know, so that lasts like two hours till seven. Then I take coke to wake up from the lewds and get out of, get out of that high, right? Yeah, guy. Tommy Tahoe here alongside my co-host, Ryan R. Dub Warner, with part two with Jordan Belfort, The Wolf of Wall Street. Quick disclaimer on this episode, folks. This is material suited for mature adults. We get into some funky shit, man, with drugs, sex, alcohol. So if you are underage, please do not listen to this. But if you're of age, enjoy that. It's good. I want to give a quick shout out to this week's TR Talk Fan of the Week, my boy Brian Harrington from good old New England. He's into the MMA cages. He's shown a lot of support. We're following you on your journey. Go kick some ass out there, brother. And now back to TR Talk, where we interview leaders in their fields to learn how millennials can fast track their personal development. Now let's take you in to 1979 Marcus Avenue, Lake Success, New York, at Stratton Oakmont with Jordan Belfort. So, you know, one thing that um, I sourced from the audience that they were curious about just from what was depicted in the movie was, you know, clearly you were operating, um, obviously there was, you know, a lot of drugs and alcohol, but also just a lot of pressure and stress. And I personally feel like in today's age, people get stressed out way too easily. They get anxious over small things. And it seemed like, um, you know, you were able to build up a really successful firm despite all of that. So just any, any tips for how to handle stress or not get stressed out as easily? Well, I mean, listen, you know, obviously he had four quaaludes and a bag of blow, right? I mean, that's what was (laughs) But the truth was that came later, you know. I mean, like I was the beginning. Um, I was able to um, handle an incredible amount of information and stress, and and um, you know, listen again. I'm a, I'm a believer in specialized skill. I have an innate ability, right, to uh, juggle a lot of balls in my head at once with information, numbers, trading. So that sort of stuff made made it relatively easy for me, of course intellectually I really was very advanced at it. You know, I always was advanced intellectually right a very high IQ so that gave me a bit of an edge um, but let's just say you're average right you know you're not that good at this well here's the, the, the key here's what I, I believe I think the key to not becoming overwhelmed that's the key right because overwhelm is the killer is when you you know there's so much going on what do I do first what do I do second you know when people are overwhelmed you know what they do they do nothing they shut down and overwhelm is when I always say, you know, one of the, the three things that hold people back from success, the first one's overwhelm. People, they go into business, they become overwhelmed. And, or they try to start a business and they become overwhelmed. They don't, and they don't take action when you're overwhelmed. So I think one of the keys that for people is that, number one, you need to learn to surround yourself, to commit to surround yourself with people who possess the skills that you lack. And again, this does not work without the ability to influence and persuade, to get great people to work for you. 
The reason I was able to handle so much was because I had great partners and great employees and great, I had my father who's a brilliant accountant handling the money. I never had to even look at it. I knew it was always gonna be right. I could trust them. I had the best back office operations person managing all the Wall Street side, the trades, right? That was great. I was the trader and motivator for the salesperson. I also trade, I knew how to trade stocks. It was it just came easy to me, but I had a great trader as well. I did the actual grunt work every day, right? Doing the physical trading. I had Danny, my junior partner, was an animal. He was a fucking brilliant guy. And here's and by a maniac, a fucking, the best thing about, the love Danny to this day, great guy. The best thing about Danny was he was so crazy that you know, no matter how bad I was, I'd say, he was the sort of guy, you always loved his friend. You'd say, when I get as bad as him, I know I'm fucking <laughs> trouble. <laughs> He's worse than me, right? But though, Dan Danny was an amazing guy. And so, and, and in some ways, um, you know, uh, an unsung hero as well. As there were others in Stratton too. I had a great, I had great people, and yeah. and, and what and a telling thing that Danny said to me once. Danny was a, probably the a, a, such a, a cunning guy he was cunning and, and and very not sneaky, but not the sort of guy that's going to be loyal to anybody. He said to me, you know, in my entire life, and he was older than me. He'd been in business. So I was never loyal to anybody. You're the first person that I'm loyal to. I'll never fuck you, and he never did because he believed in me. He found someone that he, because my ability, you get it? In other words, if, if your people believe in you and your vision and they trust, they'll, you get great people. Otherwise, they'll backstab you. They'll forget about it. So, so you know, uh, you know, a friend of mine, and now I won't tell his name, but he's got a great company right now that's going to go public in another year. He's going to be one of the richest people in the world. Um, you know, he's, a, he's this charismatic leader. And, and, it's, and it's because of that, he's gotten Bill Gates to invest in his company and, you know, the, the top other investors in the world he's gotten people like me just helping you for free something like you know you when you believe in stuff and you believe in the person you can move mountains for them so so it, this is a skill you have to possess if you want to be really successful you know if not you, well guess what then so find someone like let's say you're a Wozniak right well guess what what was Wozniak without jobs nothing yeah, no, but brilliant. That doesn't take away from his brilliance. Fucking brilliant, uber brilliant guy, right? A, a, a leader in, in in technology. The world will be far uh, less what it is today without Wozniak. However, that being said, without jobs, worthless, nothing. Couldn't make a dollar. They gotta be giving away things for a dollar a piece and fucking living with his mother, right? <laughs> because you need that. There's gotta be that guy. It's true. There's gotta be that person. Now, so if that's not you, you gotta find someone. That's like that, and you better be a what? You better have some other specialized skill, or else that person will just squeeze you out. Right? Okay, they eventually squeeze the Wozniak out in the end too, right? Because after a while, that that person doesn't, you know, doesn't have value, but they of course paid him a lot of money. So that's the story. So um, you know, I think that kind of really answers that question in detail. Yeah. No, that's great. Rapid fire number two from the audience, um, and this is actually from my brother, but. You know, what was a day in the life like back for you in like 93, 94? You know, can you take us through, you know, you wake up, then you get like, what is a day in the life like back in the, uh, back in the heyday? Insanity. That was like my years. That was like literally the heyday of insanity. It was right before I sold the firm. See, in the, in the movie, it's not accurate. They, they say, you know, when I gave that speech and said, I'm, uh, I'm got to go, I'm, you know, it's my time, Stratton will live on. And I say, you know what? Right. Fuck it. I'm staying, right? That didn't happen. I left. I owned Steve Madden shoes as well. I went into Steve Madden and I, we built the company together. Steve and I, I went to the, I was in the office. That was what I was doing every day for 95, 96. And then I, I imploded because of drugs in 97. I went to rehab, right? But the point is, is after I left Stratton, I went to Steve Madden. We built that company and became a huge billion dollar company, right? So, but 
if you want to say a typical day, 93, 94, dude, I wake up, here's how crazy it was. I'd wake up at five o'clock in the morning and take four lewds so I can go up and down before my wife woke up. You get it? I take my first hit, my first high, my fucking great morning high before anyone woke up. Then I t- and after I was, you know, so that lasts like two hours till seven. Then I take coke to wake up from the lewds and get out, they get out of that high, right? Then I kind of relax, take a shower and stuff, go to the office. But the thing with lewds is not like alcohol. There's no hangover. So I'm like sober. You would never know it. You saw me at nine. I'm fucking straight sober as a judge. I could take an SAT, right? So, you know, so... um. Um, that was my first thing. Then I go to the office. I had stacked meetings for doing corporate finance deals. I was trading stocks, dealing with regulatory problems. You know, you know, giving the morning meeting. You know, managing a thousand. Diff- I had three firms running at the time. I had two others that I secretly owned. So I was running three trading accounts simultaneously, right? And that you know, hundreds of stocks trading. My positions everywhere, right? So it was an insane morning. Then Danny and I would split for lunch at about twelve. We'd go to a place called usually called Tengen, where we each take. Four or five loots, we'd have a contest, see who could take the most loots and then fall down. Okay, we get high, and everybody at Stratton went to Tension, right? Everyone was like, the place got like taken over by like a hundred Strattonites during lunch, and it was the craziest fucking scene. Like, every once in a while, a poor civilian would come in not knowing what he was getting into. They would sit down, and like, it just was like a fucking freak show, <laughs> right? I mean, it was a freak show, right? So then, like, you know, by, by 12.45, the guy, everyone had to leave, right, to go back, but Danny and I would stay. And we just sit there and we were best friends and we just fucking do drugs and go watch. Just sit there for like till two, okay? And, and the firm was so well built. It was a well built, well run company. It would run itself, you know what I mean? I had to fucking be there, you know? So, so, um, so, so then we'd go back at two and I'd sit there and, you know, do my thing. By two, I was sober again, right? <laughs> pretty much, well, you know, pretty much sober, right? Then I'd go out there at 4.30 after the mall closed and I'd give the afternoon meeting and at 4... I usually get a meeting at 4.30, then let's say the meeting would be 30 minutes. So at the 15-minute mark, I would take four more ludes, knowing they'd kick in right when the meeting was ending, all right? I'd take four more ludes, all right? Get fucking, so it was just it was ending, I'd be high as a fucking kite. Then Danny and I would go wildly, go back to my house again, and my wife was cool, she, and we just went party at my house, and my, it was just fucking madness, you know? Jesus. It was just pure madness. And then I was making so much money, it was just, it was just crazy, you know? It was just, you never seen anything like it, you know? Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know what to say. And at night, like four nights, we go into the city a few nights a week and just get hookers. And we used to do these things called, we'd have a, you know, these fucking slug fest, we called them. It'd be like 50 brokers and 50 hookers. And, you know, and Danny goes, I want to get scrummed. That was the deal. He, he wanted to get scrummed like rugby. He wanted to be, have to be surrounded by hookers and scrum them. That was his big thing. I want to get scrummed, you know? <laughs> such a great, I love this. He's such a great guy. You know, it, was, it, was, it was, listen, you know, I, I'm in, with a woman now. I'm in yeah. love with her for many years. And, and I'm far happier now, but, you know, I always say the things that make sense when you're 25 don't make a lot of sense when you're 55. But, you know, I, I think there's, listen, obviously this is not a model that I would have anybody follow, right, okay? Right, right. Pure fucking insanity, okay? Yeah. And, I, and I made decisions, let's get real, I made decisions that ended up costing me my liberty, my money. Mm. I, I made stupid decisions because I was high. I, I was, and I, you know, I lost, eventually, it didn't start off like that, you know, the first few years, said, what was it like in, nine, in 1990, oh, well, you know, I'd be sober all week long, I'd be sober all week long, and then on Friday night, I'd go to the Hamptons, and I'd take my, you get it, I'd yep. be yep. drugs Friday night, and Saturday, and stop for Sunday, so I could be sober, well, it's not just Friday, because I could get two days to recover, and then it was Friday, Saturday, and then it says Friday, say, well, maybe I'll take off Friday and start Thursday, it, it crept over years, and that's what the movie didn't show, like, the movie made it seem like I'm, a, a babe in the woods day one, and the next scene I'm 
snorting coke at a strip club. It was not like that in any way whatsoever. I was a good kid. I ne yeah, never broke the laws, never in trouble. I, I was loved my first wife to death. I didn't cheat on her right away. And it was this slow, very slow, step-by-step de-evolution of the human spirit and soul, basically, that happened over time. So it was a very slow burn. But that, by 94, it was fucking pure chaos. Chaos. Well, I know we're laughing about it now, but I think it's... It's always good to know how uh, how those things can happen and spiral out of control. So cautionary. Um, That's a cautionary. Listen, it's a cautionary tale because you know you know how much I'd be worth now if if I had not made the mistake. You know, listen, what I was doing was all, everything was legal. It was all legal. I had a firm. Was red. It was only making doing one thing that was illegal was flipping these units. Ninety nine percent of the firm was legal. Really, I would have made a hundred times more if I was done it right. I, I, if I was just you know if I would have had the the let's just say the patience, because it really was a desire for instant gratification that fueled a lot of things, but the patience to make a little bit less upfront, I would have hit the internet boom, and that would have been that. I would have gotten a few of the internet companies and would have been worth five, $10 billion. So you know, whatever, you, you live and learn. I'm having fun right now rebuilding my fortune, um, and um, I have a great life now, I'm sober. Right, and um, and I love that I can speak to kids like you, that and I say kids in their twenties, right? And I can tell you flat out, I'm not, I'm not like no drugs. Do you, you can listen, you know. I don't. I'm not saying you should do drugs, but I understand that people party, they have fun, but be, you gotta be fucking careful. Yeah. They creep on you, all right. It's you don't realize it, and it's not about being strong. I'm about as strong willed as you can get. It's not about that. It's just some people are more susceptible to, to, to addiction, and, um, and, and you got to be really careful. And also, the same thing goes with ethics and integrity. You know, you can't be half pregnant when it comes to ethics and integrity. You just can't. Right? I have not done, there's not one single thing I've done since the day I got out of jail that I wouldn't want published in the New York Times. I've never broken one law. I've never mm. had a conversation in business that's not, I mean, maybe women, but, I mean, you know, before I met my wife, I was a little bit of a dog, but not, but once I met my wife for the last 10 years, but the point is in business, and I've never, everything I've done, I've, I've been irrationally ethical to the point where I've gotten taken advantage of, and I was okay with that. I said, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm powerful enough in business, and I'm, I'm, I'm savvy enough that it's okay. I can let some people take advantage of me, and I'll always end up on top anyway. I've been so careful because my ethics are so important to me now because I've learned and witnessed firsthand how disastrous it can be when you lose your ethics. And also, not many people have the experience that I've had where you, you, where you come back like that. Right? Most people don't come back after that sort of fall. Some do. Most don't. It's a, a life killer for many people. I'm one of the rare few. So my path is not the path you want to take. You want to model the things I did right. See, I did all these, you see, and I think why, why kids are smart. Most of you guys are smart, right? You can see, you get that, that you say, okay, I get he did some things wrong. We don't want to do that. But boy, the, some things he did were amazing. And that's the point. You need to not model the whole organism. Take the stuff that I did that was great. The passion, the sales training, the, you know, the, the fearlessness, the self-belief, all this, the, the entrepreneurial skills, right? That's what you want to model, but not the fucking drugs and the, and the, the criminal behavior that I did for that, those years. You get it? That's fucked up. That's, that's toxic. You don't want yeah. that stuff in your life. There's no, it's funny to look at because it's not your life, but I promise you it's not funny when you're going through it, all right? And, you know, shame on anyone who's listening to this podcast. If you can't see that, that you can model my life, the good stuff, right? And, and, and excise out the bad stuff and just have a wonderful life. That's what you want. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's an important point to make too, especially when, 
you someone might see it on a movie and they interpret it as reality when it's obviously you know it seems like the, there are pieces that are realistic but it's not all a direct it's certainly not a direct one-to-one correlation well, for what your life was so here's the bottom line right i won't deny it was fucking fun <laughs> it was sexy it was great parts of it you understand it, yeah. was ama- it was amazing, all the money, the lighting, taking $100 bills, taking them to bottle rockets and launching them into the ocean. That we would laugh to start. Oh, look, we're la- la- launching money into the All this shit, we did hookers all the time. Man, it was great fun, getting high as a fucking kite and having wild sex and all this shit. It was great. I, you know, for a kid, I was really, And here's even worse than that. It's, it, it's, it's sexy. In other words, it looks sexy on the screen because it is sexy. That doesn't mean you want to do it. <laughs> You understand? See, this is the distinction: is that you can look at something, and you can get a laugh out of it, you can get a thrill out of it, live vicariously through it. But you have to have the the the, the wherewithal to say, okay, I, you know, that's I, I want like some of that stuff, right? A little bit of fun, right? And I want those business skills and the sales skills. But I, I don't want that shit, you know. And I think ninety nine percent of people get that, but let's just make no mistake about that, you know. Um, you know, it. it it looks good because it is fun. Like, it's fun. It is when you're doing it. It's destructive, but a lot of destructive things are fun. You, you know what we call those? We call those unsustainable ways to fill your needs, meaning you're filling your needs for excitement and change and, and all connection, right? Unsustainable, though. You fill your needs while you're doing it. It feels good, but it can't last. Versus sustainable ways to fill your needs. Being in love, making money honestly, having great friends. Those are sustainable, building a legitimate business. That's sustainable ways to have fun. You get it? One way is not sustainable and leads to a crash. You need to have sustainable ways to fill your needs. Absolutely. And I think that's a good way to wrap this up. Uh, you know, you've touched on a lot and really driven home some of the key takeaways there at the end, which, which I know folks are going to love. So, Jordan... Thank you so much. Uh, just I did this obviously because I have a new book that just came out. Yeah, that's you really should go out. This this book is amazing. All right, trust me. Um, it's it, it will change your life if you take action. You got to be willing to take action. But it's a it's a it's a literally a game changer for people because it'll really it'll help you go out there and achieve whatever it is you want, whether you're in sales or not. You need to read the book. Um, invest in yourself. You create. And by the, unless and you don't want to read my book, then go buy someone's book on sales. Not mine. You got to do it. So, so jordanbelfort.com. Then where else can they find it, Jordan? What's your social handles and where can they find uh, the book? Most, you know, my website is jordanbelfort.com. Just listen. Just Google me. It'll pop up all over. It's on Amazon. You can get the book everywhere. Um, you know, there's a zillion things on. I'm just It's Way of the Wolf, Straight Line Selling. And, you know, go and read. The, like, I think if you go to Amazon, you'll read, just read the first page or two. You'll be hooked. Trust me. You see, I wrote it myself. I never ghostwriter. So I wrote it in a funny, you know, in a page-turning voice. So um, I think people really like the book. So you'll blow through this book, and it's going to be a textbook for you for succeeding in business. It really is. So I would, I would take the time. Read the first couple of pages online. You'll, you'll, get, you'll get the picture. There it is, folks. Yeah, check it out from Jordan himself. So, again, thank you so much, man. It's been a real pleasure. We had a lot of fun. I hope you did too. And, you know, thanks again, man. Thank you. Bye. Wow. That was some crazy stuff, folks. But now on to next week. And next week, we have Olympic gold medalist, five time world champion, Jordan Burroughs. That's coming out on Tuesday. And then on Thursday, we have five time NBA champion. Bill Cartwright, former teammate of Michael Jordan. A lot of great stuff in the hopper. Thank you again for listening. If you want to support the podcast, three things you can do, folks. 
Give us a rating on iTunes, subscribe, and post us out to your social channels. Get us in the nooks and crannies of the interweb. Thank you again. We'll be back real soon. Peace.